Welcome to Lasting Truth, a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel, Sweet Hills in Banning, California, where Pastor Ryan Hussein teaches the entire Word of God, chapter by chapter, verse by verse, giving our listeners the opportunity of receiving the full counsel of God. Today we are studying in the book of 2 Kings, chapter 22. Here's Pastor Ryan. Now it came to pass in the 18th year of King Josiah, mind you he's 26 years old here, that the king sent Shaphan the scribe, the son of Azaliah, the son of Meshulam, to the house of the Lord, saying, Go up to Hilkiah the high priest, that he may count the money which has been brought into the house of the Lord, which the doorkeepers gathered uh, from the people, and let them deliver it into the hand of those doing the work, who are the overseers in the house of the Lord. Let them give it to those who are in the house of the Lord doing the work, to repair the damages of the house, to carpenters and builders and masons, and to buy timber and hewn stone to repair the house. However, there need be no accounting made with them of the money delivered into their hand, because they deal faithfully. Josiah, I mean, here he is, he has a heart for God, and he has a heart for God's house. He has a heart, he's a good king, he has a heart for what's best for his people Judah, and what's best for his people Judah is that the house of the Lord, the temple of God, be restored to the true worship of the living God. He understood as a good king that if we're going to thrive as a nation, we need to get back to God. And nothing has changed from that time. We live in a nation that is rampant with sin in so many aspects. I'd be here all day in naming what's wrong with our nation. Israel was the same way. This good king knew to get back, we had to get our country, the kingdom in the right place. He needed to repair the worship of the Lord. So he sent his scribe to the high priest at the temple and asked him to count the money, see, see what has come into the temple, and take that money and give it to the masons, the carpenters, the construction guys, the guys, the handymen, the guys who can build things, and have them do repairs on the temple of the Lord. So it's a beautiful thing. His heart was for the house of the Lord and us having a new house church ourselves from a school from houses then to schools and eventually to our own place it's a reminder that this good king part of the reason why he was good because he cared about God's house and I love the care that everyone has put into this house we read in verse 8 that Hilkiah the high priest said to Shaphan the scribe I have found the book of the law in the house of the Lord And Hilkiah gave the book to Shaphan, and he read it. So Shaphan the scribe went to the king, bringing the king word, saying, Your servants have gathered the money that was found in the house, and have delivered it into the hand of those who do the work, who oversee the house of the Lord. Then Shaphan the scribe showed the king, saying, Hilkiah the priest has given me a book. And Shaphan read it before the king. Now it happened when the king heard the words of the law of the book that he tore his clothes. Then the king commanded Kiah the priest, Ahikam the son of Shaphan, Akbor the son of Micaiah, Shaphan the scribe, and Asaiah a servant of the king, saying, Go inquire of the Lord for me. 
for the people and for all Judah concerning the words of this book that has been found. For great is the wrath of the Lord that is aroused against us because our fathers have not obeyed the words of this book to do according to all that is written concerning us. What is a shocking find in our reading was that the high priest tells Shaphan that he found the book of the law, which is crazy to me because it tells us that for a long time, the temple in Jerusalem, the high priest, they didn't have the scriptures, guys. The scriptures had been removed. It may have been one of the evil kings. It may have been Manasseh, but the word of the Lord was removed or destroyed. It blows me away how much this book means to me. Where would we be, church, without this book? We are told that in the last days, churches are going to be raising up pastors to no longer teach them this book, but to give them what they want to hear rather than what they need to hear, which is the teaching of the Word of God. And we are living at a time where the Word of God, I believe, is being threatened. God's ways are not this world's ways at all. They are high above. His standards are holy, they're true, they're legit, and they're standards that this world doesn't want to hear about. And so this is why the Word of God is being attacked, trying to be censored, and I believe it's going to grow worse and worse if the Lord tarries. I don't know how far they'll take it. I think the closer we get to the rapture of the church, we're going to see more of it, depending on how long that event is from us it could be tonight it could be tomorrow but this book is so important it blows my mind that judah the kingdom of judah was without the scriptures can you believe that and it was like the high priest had something to say about it like i look what i found it's like shouldn't there have been something said prior to josiah perhaps it was dangerous to to bring it up but for some reason they were without the word of god they were without the the torah the five books of moses the pentateuch in greek it's called the five books can you imagine that the law but what's an interesting thing to me is that josiah had a heart to seek the lord amen he had a heart to fix god's temple and it was like in him seeking in him seeking the lord and seeking to honor the lord to take care of god's house the lord allows them to find this book that was not destroyed and i think there's a there's a spiritual lesson in that that when we seek the lord and seek to honor the lord in our lives we seek to honor him first we'll end up finding things that we never thought we would find what have you found since you have sought the lord first i can go on and on about the nuggets i have found in my life I sought the Lord with all of my heart. I found a wife. I found a family. I found a ministry. I found a changed life. I found work. I found a new heart, a new mind. I mean, you can go on and on. When we seek the Lord first, we end up making incredible finds. Josiah sought the Lord. They thought the scriptures were lost. They found one. God gave the kingdom what the kingdom was going to need to thrive. God has given us his word. It is the only way by which we can thrive. 
Jesus said, he who hears these words of mine and does them, I liken him to a man who built his house on the rock. So it's the word of God that is tremendous. And they found it. Jesus said, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. That's Matthew 6, 33. God must come first. Everything else will be found as we honor the Lord first, as we seek him. Jesus said, he who has, more will be given. What do you mean by that, Lord? He who has, more will be given. If you have a relationship with the Lord, one where we're, when we're seeking him with all of our hearts, if we have Jesus, he'll give us more. But if we're not even seeking him, if we don't even have a close relationship with him, then what we thought we had, we're going to end up losing that as well. Christianity only works if we're seeking the Lord daily. Abiding in him is the only way we're going to bear fruit. It's the only way Christianity works. But if we are not abiding in him, if we're not close to him, then what we thought we had, we begin to lose. And there must be a repentance, a change. And we come back to the Lord. Sorry for letting distance come between you and me. And when we seek him, man, and we have him, he'll give us more. Josiah sought to take care of God's house. God gave him the book. And we just read that it happened as the king heard the words of the book of the law, that he tore his clothes. So the word of God touched his heart in a very special way, beautiful way. Tearing of one's clothes, as you know, it's, it's showing a, a great sorrow, great distress of heart. So he heard the word and he was totally convicted in his heart that a change needed to happen to Judah because Judah was in trouble. He was tender. He was, he was open. He realized that Judah was in deep trouble, that judgment was coming. If the scriptures were missing... You know, this was eye-opening to Josiah. He heard the, what, what God had said to Moses. And, you know, he said to, through Moses many times, lovingly warning his people, when I bless you and you come into the land and have all that you desire, beware, lest you forget my commandment. Don't be like the nations around you. And the day that you do, then judgment will come. And he reads these, he reads Deuteronomy, he's reading the first five books, and he's blown away, touched to the heart. I wonder how tender our heart is today concerning the word of God. I believe through experience that our hearts can become dull to the word of God. That our hearts can be desensitized to what God wants to say to us. I have learned that the upkeep of our heart is our own responsibility. That we need to come before God and ask the Lord to strengthen our passion for him, our zeal, our love for him, and our love for the word. Jesus said, we have not because we ask not. And so I believe that our hearts can become dull and you know, complacency can set in in our lives where we're not as gun-ho as we used to be. We're not as zealous. Things can become routine. Things can become too busy in our life. And when that happens, if that's you tonight, the remedy is to come before the Lord in prayer and just be honest and say, Lord, 
Give me a passion and a hunger for your word. Again, like I used to have. Open my eyes to your truth. Open my, my heart to you, Lord. Give me a new heart that I might receive from you instructions, guidance, strength, and what I need. It's up to you. Nobody else can do that for us. We can pray for you. The Bible says to bear one another's burdens, but that speaks of extraordinary weights in life. It doesn't speak of the normal one-on-one -on -one relationship that you have with Jesus Christ. We have to come before him on our own every day on our knees and say, Lord, give me a passion. And that's when God speaks. That's when we can say, oh my gosh, the word of God just really spoke to my heart. Because I've prepared my heart to seek the Lord. Remember King David, he encouraged himself in the Lord. We, that's up to you and up to me. And I know no other way but on my knees in the morning, in the afternoon, and in the evening. There is no other way. I know my heart is desperately wicked. Who can know it? Yours is as well, the Bible says. So when the feelings aren't there, when the passion ain't there, when the love for the word ain't there, when... When there's no, the word's not taking a grip of my heart like it used to. I know the issue is my heart. I know I need to come to the Lord, my advocate, Jesus Christ, who by his blood will cleanse me of my sins and revive me by his spirit. Empower me. Jesus said, if any man thirsts, let him come to me. He didn't say, if any man thirsts, tell your friend to tell me that you're thirsty. He says, if any man thirsts, come come so the word touched josiah and we want god's word to touch our our lives when we read it when we come and we hear a sermon you'd be surprised what god can pull out of donkeys and when they preach you'll be surprised i mean if we're prepared if we're humble the bible says he teach the humble he teaches the humble his way but if we're prideful and we're just like, nah, it's not dressed the way it should be. It's not, doesn't, I, I need a different vessel. I just can't receive. How about, Lord, I need your word. I need your guidance. Use this guy. Do our hearts still burn for the word? In Luke 24, the road to Emmaus, when Jesus appeared to, after his resurrection to the two guys, remember he opened up the scriptures to them? It says in Luke 24, 32, did not our heart burn within us while he talked with us on the road and while he opened the scriptures to us? And Jesus would say to the crowds in Luke 8, 18, take heed how you hear. For whoever has to him, more will be given. And whoever does not have, even what he seems to have will be taken away from him. Jesus said to the crowds, take heed how you hear. I can't tell you to hear better for my ears. You have to, I have to be careful how I hear. What happens is supernatural in the house of the Lord. But we have to prepare our hearts. Josiah heard the reading and he was blown away, convicted. Something had to be done. And after the hearing of the word, what does he tell? His five ambassadors named here that I won't attempt again to say their names. He says to them, go inquire of the Lord for me, for the people and for all Judah concerning the words of this book that has been found. For great is the wrath of the Lord that is aroused against us because our fathers have not obeyed the words of this book to do according to all that is written concerning us. 
Look at this discernment. Look at this direction. Look at this guidance. When did he have it? From the hearing of the word of God. Not fancy stories. Not itchy ears type stuff. It was the word that was spoken. Josiah all of a sudden had directions as a king. And King Solomon wrote the, the Proverbs, the book of wisdom. We need wisdom. We need to be able to turn to our kids. We need to be able to turn to our co-workers, our, our bosses, our companies, our whatever in our lives. We need to be able to deal with life instructed by the word of God. Go here, go here, do this, do that, do this, do that. Wow. Where did that come from? Just reading this word, all of a sudden, supernaturally, the Holy Spirit told Josiah to tell the guys, go inquire of the Lord, the leader of the country, the leader of the kingdom. This is what's best for our nation. This is what's best for the kingdom. Go inquire of the Lord. Imagine if countries did that today. Go inquire of the Lord. You know when they inquire of the Lord? When the enemy is invading their country. That's when they inquire of the Lord. We pray for our country. We pray for presidents and kings to have that heart. Direction from the Lord. In verse 14, we read, So Hilkiah the priest went to Huldah the prophetess, the wife of Shalom, the son of Tikvah, the son of Harhaz, keeper of the wardrobe. She dwelt in Jerusalem in the second quarter. The second quarter was the lower level of the city of Jerusalem. She lived in the lower elevation there. And they spoke with her. And then she said to them, Thus says the Lord God of Israel. So these five ambassadors, on behalf of the king, they go to inquire of the Lord of this woman named Huldah, the prophetess. What's interesting is that during this same time period, Jeremiah's on the scene, guys. The prophet Jeremiah's around. Zephaniah is around as well, the prophet. But they go to this woman. No doubt she was known as a godly woman, a prophetess. And she's able to say to them, Thus says the Lord God of Israel, Tell the man who sent you to me. Thus says the Lord, Behold, I will bring calamity on this place and on its inhabitants, all the words of the book which the king of Judah has read, because they have forsaken me and burned incense to other gods, that they might provoke me to anger with all the works of their hands. Therefore my wrath shall be aroused against this place and shall not be quenched. What a powerful woman of God. Amen? God has given women tremendous gifts within the church of God. We see them in operation in our church and in all churches. Women are gifted by the Holy Spirit in very powerful ways. Women who pray for you and me. Women who have a word of prophecy. The word of God spoken to others prophecy women who give godly advice women who teach our children god has given amazing gifts to women in the body of christ the only restriction that god has given in the body of christ towards women is that they are not allowed to teach men and they are not allowed to have authority over men and i say that in a time where 
Our country is going crazy over gender confusion. Absolutely crazy. And this is where the word of God is going to be attacked. One of the reasons why. Because the Bible says that in the beginning God made a male and female. And in scriptures we're told concerning women within the church. 1 Timothy chapter 2 Paul says. Verses 12 through 15. And I do not permit a woman to teach or to have authority over a man. But to be in silence. For Adam was formed first then Eve. And Adam was not deceived, but the woman being deceived fell into transgression. Nevertheless, she will be saved in childbearing if they continue in faith, love, and holiness and self-control. And so because of that scripture, that verse, we, we do not ordain women pastors. Now I know that can be a hot topic within the whole body of Christ because we know that there's churches who do ordain women pastors. But when God, through Paul, speaks to Timothy and to the church there. He takes them back to Genesis. He takes them back to the fall. He said that it was Eve who was deceived, not Adam. And that Adam was created before Eve. He's making a distinction between man and women. When the Bible talks about husbands honoring their wife, it makes it clear as the weaker vessel. Those are God's words. These are words from scripture. When emasculating of men in our society is everywhere. Men cannot be men anymore. And our country is, or the left in our country, I should say, is trying to do that. Trying to confuse people concerning who God made them. And so I bring up the topic because we, we see a woman here used powerfully within um, the context of our story and God is still using women powerfully today but God said in the position of pastoring of leading and and teaching men that's not to be because that's what he says and so we want to honor what he says being susceptible to deception is the reason Paul gives Timothy right it's because she was deceived but women are used powerfully within the body of Christ but I think that when women are ordained as pastors in, in churches, it's like how do the men look upon her and then learn how to be the men in their homes? When the woman's leading the men in the church, how can then the woman at home learn to be submissive to the husband when the woman pastor has authority over the men in the church? And that's what the world's trying to do, not use pronouns and all of the stuff that they're, they're doing today. So as a church, we need to affirm, affirm, affirm with our kids. They ain't choosing nothing. You tell them, dude, you're bo boy, you're a boy. <laughs> girl, you're a girl. Take mama's high heels off and put my shoes on. But that's what we're dealing with today. My spiritual mom, Sue, she would tell me I was praying for you to have a spiritual dad. Because she knew I needed a mentor that, from a male's perspective. But we're different. But she's powerful. Wise is the men who, who are open to receive from the sisters in the church. To give them nuggets. To give them godly advice. Wise is the man. But wise is the woman who also recognizes that God is, an, is a God, is a king. King of a kingdom. And he's authoritative. And he says this is the way he created us. Not that man 
is is love more by God or above women? No, no, no. All equal. Man and woman are equal. They just have different positions. And God made the man to be the captain in marriage. Okay, so therefore, my wrath shall be aroused against this place and shall not be quenched. So there she is prophesying beautifully. But as for the king of Judah, who sent you to inquire of the Lord, in this manner you shall speak to him, thus says the Lord God of Israel. So concerning Josiah, right, she says, concerning the words which you have heard, because your heart was tender and you humbled yourself before the Lord, when you heard what I spoke against this place and against its inhabitants, that they would become a desolation and a curse, and you tore your clothes and wept before me, I also have heard you, says the Lord. Thank you for joining us today at Lasting Truth Radio. If you're in the area, come out and join us for Sunday services at 10 a.m. or Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. We are located at 3035 West Nicolette Street in Banning. You can also find us on YouTube or Instagram. If you would like to donate to our program, please do so on our website at ccsweethills.org and just hit the online giving tab. We hope you will continue to tune in as we journey through the entire Word of God with the teaching of Pastor Ryan Hussein at Calvary Chapel, Sweet Hills. Chapin, above.